Keep She Shatters and She Burns fans, this is Hannah Austin, your host for the She Burns podcast. I'm excited to announce that my first book, Hello Head, Meet Heart, is now out on Amazon. For more tips, tricks, and ways that you can burn bright and not burn out, visit me on Amazon at Hello Head, Meet Heart. Happy reading! Welcome to the She Burns Podcast, the go-to podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. When you're at the top of your game, the difference between handling the heat and boiling over comes down to the right self-care advice at the right time. And if you're ready to take your seat around the campfire, these interviews with inspiring women will help you keep your flame alive. everyone. I'm Hannah Austin, and this is the She Burns Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Candice Eastman. Candice is the creator and editor and queen of a new online publication for women called El Leva Magazine. She came up with the idea after recognizing that there was a lack of opportunities for women who have created transformation in their lives. So she wanted to showcase their results to the world. Candace lives in Portland, Oregon with her husband and 13-year-old stepdaughter and pet ball python. She believes everyone has a dream worth pursuing and hopes to give opportunities to those who are ready to share their work with a collection of other powerful women. Welcome, Candace. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. So, Candace, can you share where you're from and what was growing up like for you? Yeah, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, and growing up was all the things for me. It was both stressful, fun, scary, wild, adventurous. It was just all the things. I grew up in a lower income household, and I grew up on a very diverse street, which is both hectic and also really cool to learn about different cultures and all the different ways people live and their different backgrounds. All my friends were different races and religions and diversity. It was just really cool. But being lower income meant we were around gangs and we were around just a lot of violence. And there's a lot of activity in our neighborhood when I was younger. And most people had to work really hard and really fast and just had lower income. So they there was just a little less privilege going on. So I feel like everyone's parents were burnt out and you could just feel that. You could feel tired parents but at the same time, we we were the generation where kids still went out and played. And we were just wild kids, just being kids, riding our bikes, rollerblading and doing all the fun stuff. And growing up in that environment, I love that you were talking about the di- different diversities and ethnicities. And growing up in that environment, since it was different than a white privileged neighborhood, what lessons did you learn at an early age regarding what having it all was supposed to look like as a woman? Well, growing up in that environment, I didn't really see the standard like Kelly Ripa type lady. Mm-hmm. I saw my, well, my mom and some of the other ladies on my street were, they were really kind, sweet women just trying to like do everything. They had lower paying jobs. Some of the women around me got, were very involved in their church and got my mom involved in the church and they were all raising multiple kids and just kind of scrapping by. So a woman having it all kind of meant a little bit of more of a martyr and just trying to scrape by, provide for the kids, be a volunteer at the church, have a partner, mostly, most likely a husband, take care of grandparents, just trying to do all the things, trying to hold the village together. And so I grew up with that as a child, 
and as a teenager, but then when I became an adult, the standard changed. I got more into the world's view. And at the time, Kelly Ripa was like the superwoman mom, ultra career, super fit, had amazing arms. (laughs) Yeah. That became the, like the new standard. And so my mind shift when I went into the workforce myself. So as far as a successful career, that changed when you were in your twenties then and looking Mm -hmm. at, okay. And then when looking at like someone like Kelly Ripa or the expectations there, did you feel like that was achievable and what steps did you take to have a successful career in your mind? Well, that's interesting because I looked at it and there was some, I'm a hairstylist and I'm actually retiring that soon. And when I was in my early 20s starting this career, she was super controversial and talked about because she was seeing this having it all. And I would have these conversations with clients and I thought, no, I don't believe it's actually attainable because I'm imagining there's burnout that we're not seeing Mm -hmm. because she was constantly in the news for having the busiest schedule, raising kids, having this power relationship, being all over TV. And I thought, you know, I don't think, I think there's something missing. I didn't believe it, but yet it didn't stop me from trying to somewhat achieve that. But behind the scenes, I don't think I quite believe that. It's something that you almost want and you think, gosh, maybe the sky's the limit. I could have that. But what are the, what is the price that it would take to get it? I think exactly. that's, another, that's the other piece. I think a lot of people, you know, growing up in the media and then also on social media, all of us, we don't put the bad things in our life. We're not like, oh, my kid yeah. just threw up, you know, yeah. I have to clean up the bathroom now. It's, you know, I just got a six figure income and I'm driving a BMW. Like it's easier to put the the awesome things on there versus not awesome things. So that's a struggle. Exactly. Being a hairstylist, I can imagine you are basically like a therapist, right? So especially, <laughs> especially during coronavirus time. And you talked to, we'll talk about your retirement from being a hairstylist and the exciting things you're doing next. But during your career as a hairstylist and seeing COVID happen, round one, round two, now round three, talk to me a little bit about what women were saying to you during this time oh. and what patterns did you hear over and over and over again? Burnout is the biggest thing I heard. I especially felt my heart go out to people with little kids. And also a lot of the families that I I have as clients, not only have little kids, but also have older parents and families they were trying to take care of. I would say I saw the most burnout and the biggest conversations around the people that were trying to have a career that had a big shift in having to stay home, provide for the kids help their elderly parents, provide for their partner, take care of themselves, and just basically try to cope with like what's happening in our world all at the same time. I have to admit, like I've saw a lot of physical struggles in people. I actually saw more hair loss. I saw a lot of depletion in their bodies. Having done their hair for years, I saw a lot of people go through a real physical change of just Mm -hmm. pure exhaustion. And I couldn't, say it enough. I'm like, try to find ways to set boundaries, say no, do self-care, try to find ways that you can just like let things go to provide for yourself and prioritize yourself. And that became actually something I started writing about on my Instagram for my clients. I'm like, you've got to prioritize yourself and just let stuff go because the burnout is getting to be so much. And I've seen a lot of women adapt to it, but the initial shock of COVID just totally wiped not only those people, but I got wiped out through it. And I had to find my own lessons as well. 
How did that impact you? So you talked a little bit about, I know you have a 13 year old stepdaughter and you have a husband. How did that impact those around you? So being a hairstylist, you're around like people complaining or offloading to you all day long. So in essence, you're a therapist trying to coach them through that. How did it actually impact you at home with your daughter and your husband? Well, they've heard me complain quite a bit. (laughs) I think they've taken the brunt of it at times. And I will admit, like, sometimes it's a roller coaster. Some days I've got more energy and other times I don't. But Mm -hmm. so I scaled back. I I did scale back in terms of how much I've done because my workload didn't actually change. It actually increased a little bit. The salon actually got busier as a result of this. And um, my social life has completely like changed and shifted and kind of died off a little bit through COVID because we weren't seeing people. So that became a time to up the self-care. And my husband and my stepdaughter both witnessed me just like sleeping in a little more. And I come home and take a longer shower and just really kind of mentally like cut the cords and just like let go. And sometimes I'd need to vent just like what I heard all day because I heard some pretty hard stuff. They've been really patient with me. I will, I'm so grateful. And I have to admit, like they've heard a lot and it hasn't always been easy for them, but they've been extremely supportive. And my husband has really been empowering to me, reminding me to change my mindset about all of it. Wow. It's, I haven't heard that a lot about having supportive partners around during this time. So what type of things did he do to support you in general? I mean, From a husband's standpoint, I mean, did you guys talk a little bit more, change your patterns together? How did you make sure that you guys had, you know, your time during this time to still be a couple and parents, but also be individuals? Well, my husband's actually a relationships coach and he's very big (laughs) into mindset. Okay, that helps. having, Having that as his passion and all the tools that he has help provide the support. But he has a coach and then he coaches men. But he really got me to think, change my mindset and think about my work differently. And I went right into my victim, kind of the martyr, like I need to save the day for all these people. Yes. And he just even the other night, he reminded me, come back to your queen, come back to someone that is full and has no lack. That's just well taken care of and come back to a place of like, you have plenty to give. And you don't need to take it all on, but you can have empathy for them. You can have compassion, but you don't need to like save the day for people. You can extend yourself, but you can also have a boundary. And he reminded me that simple shift in my mindset changes the whole, the whole vibe of the the day for me. And it works because as soon as he reminds me to come into my queen, which is a practice we have, I'm like, yep, got it. My, my body changes. I stand up taller. I go to work and I feel like I have more power more just more to offer to people without taking it all on but I I definitely struggle with my martyr that tends to be poor me I've got to save the day and Mm -hmm. it's just a slip of the mind and my husband constantly reminds me like who would the queen be in this situation how does she take care of herself when she comes home how does she take care of herself when there's people coming in and dumping their their problems on you is the queen you or your alter ego? Like who's the queen? Describe that. I mean, I have in my mind who the queen is, but who is it? Can you describe that to our listeners? It is an alter ego. It's kind of an avatar that I put on this kind of like a VR character and I've designed her entirely and I'm still designing her in my mind, but 
she is me, but she's my higher self. She's my like ultimate self. So I've had to learn how to be the queen. And to me, it's a lot like playing Barbies. I've had fun with it. It's a lot like playing imagination. And I'm still learning how to become her. And I'm still finding areas of my life that I haven't fully developed her. But being the queen is, it's who I truly desire to be. And I came up with the queen because my name means the queen and is a queen in the Bible. So it just felt like my mom saw me as a queen and that's who I think she wanted, destined me to want to become. So the queen is the ultimate self-care. She is, she loves herself fully. She takes really good care of herself. She buys only what she loves. She <laughs> surrounds herself with people that she cares about. She does what she's passionate about. Every part of her life is intentionally designed and consciously created. And part of my development with her is learning how do I act? How do I act as a queen when I'm around people that are taking from me? How do I act as a queen when I feel sick? How do I feel as a queen when I feel busy and overwhelmed? And I'm still designing that. I'm still finding areas where I haven't fully developed a queen. And I know that when I'm triggered and I fall into my de- default victim self. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing that when I fall into the victim, that's an area I haven't fully designed a place of power. I haven't consciously created, like, how do I want to be when everything goes crazy? And- you, I love this concept. I love it. Just as you're talking, I can see your body language and your voice change a little mm-hmm. bit as the fact that you have this higher self, this avatar per se, um, at She Shatters, we do this exercise called harness your inner critic, which is basically draw yeah. your inner critic, right? Draw, literally draw. When you were mm-hmm. talking about the fact that you've designed this avatar, this is a, a, a design where you are drawing your inner critic and your, it, does this remind you of your mom? Does this remind you of your dad? Mm-hmm. Does this, a yeah. lot of women and people have been abused physically and emotionally. Like what is that whipping post that keeps mm-hmm. whipping you that should voice in your head? Some people call it the angel devil, whatever you want to call it. But I love your concept of the queen, you know, and hearing you talk about it and the fact that you're, we're all a work in progress, right? So are you ever going to get to the queen self or is that your destined journey for the future? I guess that's the question is it's mm-hmm. hard because if you're a work in progress, how do you ever get to that regal state per se? Are you ever going to be the way you want to be? I see it as yes and no. Like, yes, I already am her. And I think that's a big part of the belief is just I already am. And it's living presently and deciding right now I am enough. I am worthy as I am. So I already am her. And the more I keep practicing her, the more every part of my life starts to really reflect her. And I see it as like, it's just constantly this expanding thing. But Mm -hmm. I believe I already am. There's never an out there future. It's not out there. That's part of the myth of my victim that it's out there. To me, it's just like I can channel her at any moment. I am her. And it's literally a thought. And the more I I practice her, the more I literally see my life start to become her because I start choosing things around her. I Everything from the pens I buy to my bedroom, to my car, to the friends I have, to the practice, I, my rituals and practices, to my workout have all been designed by the consciousness of her. And so I see more and more of her in my life, but I've already, I've been her. I just forgot I was already her. 
Isn't that interesting? I think the women that I'm speaking with, and maybe you can speak to this too, is when you get down a track in your life, you've done hair for a long time, you're going to be pivoting. We'll talk about that in a second. But when you're really coming into your true self or your true queen and you're evolving, you always, you have a core that you were born with, which I think is what you're saying. Basically, you've always been the queen, right? But it's basically surrounding yourself with people, things, thoughts, manifestations, whatever you want to call it to come into your true self, to basically excavate those negative thoughts or excavate that negativity around you and really become that shining bright queen diamond, however you want to put it. How is this translated to you're raising a 13 year old stepdaughter, you know, and we have kids right now in midst of coronavirus, they're not able to see their friends. They're having a lot more screen time. Suicides are increasing. What do you tell your 13 year old stepdaughter about being a woman, what it's like to have it all or not, and what it's like to live to your true queen self? Well, we really raise her to to trust herself and to to give to give to herself and to really honor what she feels. And so when she's having a hard time, I I really raise her to to go through that and to feel that and to be expressive and find the ways that soothe her through that. We really tried to create a space where she can really feel good. It's all about feeling good in her bedroom and we moved through all of this and we wanted to create a space where she could do more art in the room and She's really a big book reader. I guess what we've really, we've expressed to her is like, it's important for you to self-care through all of this. You're going through a lot. So we want you to do things that feel good and to rest up. And it seems like the more we've done that, the less on our case we've been. We don't really have a problem with screen time like we used to, because I think we've given her other activities that she finds joy in, such as she's really gotten into painting and she reads a lot of books and she horseback rides and she does a lot of outdoor activities that she can just do on her own. But I think that the more we've expressed her just to try to like find ways to feel good and take care of herself, I think it kind of balances out. And she sees us take time out and rest and take naps and read. And she sees us do that. And Mm -hmm. we just really try to give a lot of space for her to do that and to talk through things that she may need to talk through. And when she's going through a low moment, we just really let her feel that and go through that and not try to stop. Sometimes we intervene, sometimes we don't, but we're really trying to give her the space that we want for ourselves that we would have wanted. And we found a pretty nice balance with her with that. I think that she feels safe enough to say like, sometimes this sucks. And we're like, yeah, it does. This is a hard, crazy time in our history. And we really try to honor her, her feelings. That's great. You guys sound like amazing parents. I know right now parents and our listeners are super struggling right now with what to do and what to say. And it's hard because everybody's having a tough time. So how do you, how are you a good parent, right? Or how do you give good parenting advice or skills when you're already burned out as well? And I think I love what you just said about, you know, she's watching you guys. So if you're basically taking naps or taking care of yourself or setting boundaries in your life, I feel like it's more important what you do and what you show kids than what you tell them, right? Because a lot of kids just don't believe what what their parents say. But if they actually see it in action, they learn how to burn bright as well without being told, right? So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your decision to leave doing hair and transitioning to your new queen embarkment. Tell me a little bit about your journey. 
Well, when I was 16, I started doing hairstyling and I just played with people's hair for fun as a teenager. And a lot of my friends thought I should go to school for it. Wasn't ever something I really thought about. I was so young. I wasn't thinking about my career yet at that point, but I kind of default fell into it. And I wasn't thinking about making money or making a career. I was literally just thinking like, what can I do to have fun with this job? So I got into it and it just ended up becoming a career and stuck. And I took more classes and got better at it. And 20 years have gone by and I'm still in it. Over those 20 years, especially the last 10 years, I've gone through a lot of self-development and I've thought, you know, I do love hair, but there is a level of change that I'm looking to have. And there's new things I want to do with my life. And so I started taking different classes. I started writing for another online magazine. I started doing other stuff because I found that as I've gotten to know myself as an adult, that I have other passions. Also talking with clients over the years, there's just a lot of new things I've discovered that I I didn't get to try out when I was younger. And so I found myself just really wanting to be in self-development work. I took a coaching class to learn how to be a life coach. And I started out doing that for a little while. And I found myself wanting to write and wanting to do more than just coaching people. So I started doing a lot more writing for just online stuff and blogging and doing different, just whatever I could. I've I've dabbled in so many different things, trying to just find my place. And during COVID last year, we were shut down for three months at the salon when everything initially happened. And I thought, this is a blessing, but I'm really having a hard time finding what the silver lining is of all this because it's three months of no, well, I didn't know how long of work it was going to be. I just knew I wasn't getting paid and we didn't have an answer and we didn't know what was happening. And so at first I went through a lot of shock and fear about it. And then I thought, you know what, this is actually like the best gift ever. I'm getting a little bit of money from the government and some unemployment. And I got time that I've never had in my Mm -hmm. adult life to create something. And I don't have the outer distraction of friends and travel and parties and whatever work events. So you know what, this is an ample time to write. And so I got to writing and I would walk to a park or ride my bike and go sit and write and spend a lot of time outside just writing. And I realized I had so much I wanted to say and teach and share. And then before I knew it, I was so engrossed in writing and then everything lifted and I got back to work and work got way busier, like overwhelmingly busier. So I ended up working more than I did before taking on a little more because I still had no social life. And so I felt like I may as well work. And then I started reaching a little burnout and I was like, I can't sustain this. Somewhere in fall last year, a friend of mine was getting her hair done with me. And I was telling her how I have all this writing, but nothing to do with it. And she's like, I have the same. And Ah. I was telling her, I was like, you know, I used to write for a magazine, but that magazine shut down. And I just wish there were some more opportunities like that. And she's like, yeah, we need, we just need more opportunities for women to share their pieces. And she's like, why don't you start a magazine? And it quickly hit my, I I was like, you know what? Why don't I? I No. Yeah. yeah, Why don't I have no excuses? All the writing I do is about having no excuses. And I'm like, you know what? I have no excuses. Mm -hmm. I have, I actually, for the first time in my adult life, have time to do this Mm -hmm. because of COVID. And 
all of a sudden I just felt this inner fire light up and I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I can see, I can see it so clear. And I sat with it that weekend and it, it was just easy. It made sense. And then I thought, no, I don't want just in a magazine, like the one I had written for before that was kind of blogger style. I want a full on magazine that showcases art and fashion and videos and this whole thing. And I was like, you know, I'm a magazine junkie. I collect magazines. I have boxes of magazines. I'm like, this actually makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I was finding people so quickly to jump on board with me. And I found a designer that weekend. And I mean, it has been rolling out so fast and so easy and so on point that it's like, obviously it's my destiny and this so fits who I am and it fits my whole model of a queen. And now I'm working on issue three and it's just, wow, it's happening. Mm -hmm. And, and as this was happening, I could quickly see like, this is the perfect time to retire hairstyling. This is the perfect exit. And my husband's career has changed and his business is, is in a really good place. And I thought all of the stars are aligning yes. and now is a really great time to exit something I've loved on a really high note. My career as a hairstylist is in the best place it's ever been. And I thought this is exactly how I want to end on a high note and end with that. And then now open up into this new career. And I'm so passionate about it. It's everything I've dreamed of doing. And I still am pinching myself and I'm almost a year into it now. It looks like when you're talking, I can see again, your body changing it. You're, <laughs> you're smiling for our listeners. Uh, you're lit up from the inside out. I love what you just said about it's like a spark, a flame is alive in you. And you, it seems like all these pieces are coming together with your husband's um, incredible career and leaving on a high note. I love that. Um, you're obviously leaving your clients in good hands and I'm sure one or two will stalk you and you'll still probably do their hair, yeah. but Loving the whole concept of the magazine. Isn't it interesting though, how when you put your, all the stars align, your heart, your gut, um, your mind, everything kind of comes together and you call it your queen, kind of your true self. It just seems like the pieces just fall into place. And I love what you said about you have this creativity, you've had it always within you and you've done it kind of throughout your career as bright spots in your career and try to harness that creativeness in your, in your mind and your heart, but now wanting to put it out to the world and share it with other women. And then just, it starts with a conversation, right? It's talking with another woman in your chair and she's saying, I need this too, or I want this too. And then just starting with a bunch of women who are just moving this like goal and energy forward to a real new passion. I'm so excited for you. It's so exciting. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're going to end on a high note on that piece and pivot a little bit to the next part, which is my favorite part in the podcast. For my listeners listening, I do not get to tell the guests these questions. So these are kind of rapid fire fun questions. So the first one is, and you'll love this one. If I told you that you could be seven years old for a day with no responsibilities or worries, what would you spend your day doing? Oh, I would go to a toy store. (laughs) I would go to a toy store and go to the pink section where all the pink toys are. And I would totally be a princess. I know it. Playing the glitter and the toys and all the fun things. For our listeners, she's wearing a a pink and red dress today. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I I can see that you love pink. I love that question. Isn't that a fun question? It's fun. I love it. It's fun because it gets us out of our adult brain and into our playful fun brain. So thank you for being a good sport. 
The second question is a little bit more reflective in nature. So I know you worked on yourself a lot. You're a life coach, you're a hairdresser, you're a therapist, you're a writer. You'll love this question. Okay, please answer the following statement with the first response that comes to you. If you really knew me, you would know that I. If you really knew me, you would know that. I just love watching people live their dreams. I love seeing people live their dreams fully disembark on their dreams. Like I am, I choke up talking about it. Seeing people make their dreams come true is basically my deepest, deepest desire for people. Mm, I love that. I can feel it when you said that too. Um, you touched your heart and I, I, it really came through that you are one of those people that want to highlight, showcase, listen, watch, be inspired and empower women, people in general to live their dreams fully. And I'm excited to see your dream truly come true. So I cannot wait for this magazine. I want to thank you so much for your time today. I love what you said about the importance of, you know, following your true gift, that having it all to you is really tapping into who you are as a queen and highlighting that we are all a work in progress. This concept of a queen aligns so well with our She Shatters mission and helping to provide women with the tools that they need to dig deeper. I'm hoping that the women and our listeners today are hearing you say that queen has always been deep within myself. It's just uncovering her and working with her and being the best version of myself. So thank you for being here and helping us process our feelings and work through burnout with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor and I'm so happy for your dreams come true too. Thank you. So to our listeners, as women, we are all searching for what lights us up and together we can learn how to burn bright and not burn out. For more information on Candace, please visit her at elevamagazine.com. Thank you for joining us on the She Burns podcast. We are so grateful for your time, energy, and support. For more tips, resources, and tools on how to burn bright, please visit us at sheshatters.com or on Instagram at sheshattersllc. 